Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Beautiful day in Los Angeles. I myself, I just got back from the zoological gardens. Ooh. Yeah, the Los Angeles Zoological Gardens. Have you heard of them? Are all the animals in bloom? Yes, they are. It's animal season at the Zoological <laughs> Gardens. They're so ripe, they're falling off the trees. <laughs> oh man, I had a, I had a really great time. Let's let's bring our sure. Let's bring our guest into the mix. Mix. Uh, you know him, of course, as one of the hosts of the Smash It podcast, the Flop House. But if you don't know him as the host of one of the Smash Hit podcasts, The Flop House, one of the hosts of the Smash Hit podcast, The Flop House, you probably know him as the Emmy-nominated – jeez, Louise. Yeah, you're having a little little, little – Ten days you, off. You didn't do your vocal warm-ups. The tip of the tongue, red leather, go. yellow leather, go. red leather, yellow leather, Emmy-nominated writer for The Daily Show with with – John Stewart. Emmy winning? Emmy winning. Emmy, I, yeah, I won an Emmy last year, although, uh, as I was explaining to Jordan last year, I did not go to the big primetime Emmys. Uh, we have a weird deal where we're like one on, one off with the Creative Arts Emmys. So this is my first time with a big show. Wait a minute. Yeah. What? Dan McCoy. Yeah. It's Dan McCoy. Dan McCoy. Dan, McCoy. Dan, welcome to the program. Who you probably don't know, by the way, as <laughs> one of the writers of The Daily Show because writers for shows aren't famous. But... <laughs> well, I don't know. I think a lot of our listeners out there have like the uh, writer's list. What is it called? The list of writers? The writing staff. Sure. The You're names... thinking of the blacklist <laughs> yes. of who's a communist? <laughs> um, they have the writer's list of The Daily Show tattooed on their biceps. Sure. Very strong listeners you have because yeah. we have a lot of writers. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's a weird deal that they struck with uh, basically the, the they're people who write for like the Oscars or other award shows who wanted their category to be in the big uh, primetime show. So because the Writers Guild West is more powerful than the Writers Guild East. Yeah. Uh, right. West Coast. Oh, a little deal got struck that was uh, to their benefit – and a little less to ours. Can I ask you a question about this Writers Guild situation? Sure. Is that why Tupac had uh, so much better of an acting career than Biggie did? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I do keep expecting a bit, you know, like some sort of uh, gun gun battle to uh, strike out between the two of our, uh, our 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 various unions because there are issues that I feel like the Writers Guild West pushes through. That so, uh, what is the category that you're nominated in? That you um, you and your fellow Daily Show writers are nominated. Comedy, in. variety, special. Well, no, not special. Sorry, series writing. So that is put on par with people who write for the Oscars. Wow, I feel like we've gotten into an area right off the bat that could possibly get me into trouble. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think we that... should explain that your father is Oscar. <laughs> um, is the movie Oscar? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sorry, Sylvester Stallone. I, the I guess... Muppet Oscar. <laughs> The funny thing is uh, our head writer, Tim Carvel, writes for um, the Oscars oftentimes. So there was a weird kind of like shaking your fist back at home like, oh, damn you. You still won Tim Carvel. You master of both worlds. But you still could – you can still win. You just don't get to go on TV no. and so on and so forth. Yeah, it, it was perfectly wonderful. I, you know – Look, <laughs> what do you get kicked down to? You get kicked down to like the daytime Emmys. You're competing against Days of Our Lives. 
you're competing against people like uh, best sound editing for your random police procedural. There's some of. pretty good gags in Days of Our Lives. That's true. I mean, I uh, I'm not familiar with the show, but uh, I'm pretty sure that you're correct. It's a lot of physical comedy. Yeah, a lot of like a lot of physical and, stuff. Yeah. It's sort of like, have you ever seen America's Home Videos? Mm-hmm. America's Top Home Videos? America's Home Videos? America's Sexiest Home Videos. <laughs> America's Sexiest. What is that fucking show called? America's though? Funniest Home Videos? America's Funniest Home Videos. Or AFV as it's known now. <laughs> yeah, America's Funniest Videos. It's sort of like that, but with a powerful and emotional narrative thread. A lot of like a lot of like dads getting hit in the crotches with wiffle ball bats, but then they go into a coma. Right. <laughs> they get they get groin injury so severe that they lapse into comas. Yeah, there's a lot of forgetting your own name mm-hmm. because you fell off a jet ski. The problem with this I've realized is I've listened to your show for so many years that I kind of just go into a space where I'm just like, ah, oh, I'm listening to my pals, Jordan Jesse. So you oh. feel like you should like maybe do some dishes, yeah. <laughs> check some emails. I should really be doing my physical therapy exercises right now. Yeah. I should, uh, yeah. Dan, is it fair to say that without us in our work, The Daily Show with Jon Stewart wouldn't even exist? Uh, I can't go that far. I don't know that Jon Stewart knows exactly who you are. He nodded to me in a hallway once. I will say that uh, it's fair to say that my own podcast would not exist without you guys. That's, I mean, that's, it's a, that's it's a high pr- praise. That's like a, the best podcast. That's a pretty popular podcast. Yeah. I mean, that is a smash hit pod- podcast. I don't know if you'd heard the Flophouse. Uh, we were written up in Parade Magazine. Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Howard Huge. <laughs> Home of Marilyn Vos Savant. So. <laughs> you just... You just were an answer in the jumble? Yeah. I like to believe that that's how my dad discovered that I had a podcast. What <laughs> do you know? Um, now, you know, I, I, we have a – this is bound to be a jam-packed show. We have a guest who's here yeah. to, to win an Emmy. Yeah, sure. Uh, you just got back from a cruise. From, sure. And, and the Botanical Gardens. The Animal Gardens? The the zoological the zoological gardens. gardens. Can I tell you what my son Simon said at the oh, zoological yes, gardens? May. This is all I really have to say. Okay. This is a direct quote that I wrote down from my son Simon. We went to see the serval. Mm-hmm. You know the serval, of course, Dan. This is a jungle cat that uh, jumps like a tra- like it's on a trampoline. It's famous for jumping like it's on a trampoline. Um, like just, straight up, as discussed. Yeah, I mean, an astonishing distance. I believe it's fifteen feet. Okay. Uh, it's a, not a huge cat either. I mean, it's larger than a house cat, but smaller than. Look, we're getting too deep into defining <laughs> what a serval is. The point is, it important is to the story. No, I mean, I'm okay. just saying that in the past we've discussed servals on the program. Mm. I just want to point out we well, went that was to cervixes. <laughs> we went to see the serval, my son and mm. I, and uh, he wasn't out and about. And my son said, "My son's two years old, just just barely two years old." The serval isn't in his backyard. He's probably taking a little snooze in his house. <laughs> he will play again outside. We can see a type of goat. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he wasn't too choosy. No. I feel like that sentence, that sentence is like something something you have to learn to write when you're learning English. <laughs> like someone who's like... For, like it has a, all a, of the letters in the alphabet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it has like... The quick brown serval. Some, pre- serval some prefixes, yeah. 
<laughs> Some conjugated verbs. He's probably taking a little snooze in his house. <laughs> Where did he learn that phrase? I think he. Th- I guess. I guess he just assumes that, like your dogs, right? The each animal has an outside life and Which an is, inside life, and the outside life takes place in the backyard. Yeah, the inside life takes place in their house. So yeah, I think he just thinks the serval has a family that right. has a mommy, a daddy, a kid. Right. And, uh, you know, it's just in there, well, uh, you know, mauling them. The, the good news is whatever animal is not out and about, mm-hmm. we can see a type of goat. You can't see a type of goat. <laughs> there was a variety of goats. What type? Who's to say? You, you, Mountain. Like you, yeah. You go to like a, like a, a carpeting store and you, you choose the type of goat out of a goat sample. Box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the one. I have to say the Los Angeles Zoological Gardens. Mm-hmm. They've got a great collection of animals, mm-hmm. um, and certainly their huge elephant enclosure, uh, the Elephants of Asia exhibit, is very impressive. Relatively new exhibit, but mm-hmm. overall, I would say they're strongest in goats and goat-like creatures. Yeah, anything you're bounding animals. Anything you're bounders. Anything that's sort of like a deer, sort of like a cow, mm-hmm. uh, sort of like a zebra, but isn't a zebra is really their. That's the center of their strength. Just a thing. That can jump or bound, a thing with a strange horn, just something from Madagascar that you've never heard of. (laughs) That is very similar to another thing, but has a completely different name. Yeah, and just is a whole other animal. Anyway, that's that's the end of our segment, Things My Son Said, while we were at... (laughs) The Los Angeles Zoological Gardens. Jordan, I cut you off. Oh no, that's okay. I mean, and this this is related because I have a kind of it's just kind of a kid say the darndest things moment too. Uh, I was at the library the other day, and by the children's section, they had. Can this, I ask what you were doing at the library? Uh, I, you know, when I have a little bit a little bit of work to do, I like to get out of the house. Uh, also, Jordan is homeless. So yeah, I'm homeless. I also yeah, I also like to go there to wash and masturbate. <laughs> Um, I guess I just assumed that you would go there to twerk. But... <laughs> sure. Yeah, well, that's been I, – I feel like that, uh, you know, the – the that's that, – that lady did such a good job with that right. li- library twerk. What's she the point? It. What's right. the point? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I was there and they had this chalkboard by the children's section with uh, all of these blanks and the phrase, uh, before I die, I want to – and then, you know, people could come and fill in these blanks with chalk. Right. Uh, two things stood out about this. There were three separate, in different penmanships, uh, I want to meet Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I like that because, like, maybe the first kid did it and then the second kid came up and he's like, ah, oh, shit, that's good. No, I was going to say, I was going to say solve world hunger, but, like. That asshole has it right. And, uh, but then – so there's three separate I want to meet Spider-Mans and then, you know, just some other stuff. I want to be a singer. I want to, you know, I want to have a doggy. And then at the very bottom, uh, kind of out of the way of all the other things said – someone wrote, who said I was going to die? <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like maybe like there's some sort of like omen situation going on in the Fairfax branch of the public library. Like maybe, like maybe the child has been born who is going to bring on the apocalypse. Damien. And he's Damien, yeah, for instance. Sure. And then he is giving us warnings on this chalkboard. Like, should I notify a priest? Oh. Well, maybe you should just notify (laughs) Spider-Man. 
Oh, yeah, that's true. If Is Spider-Man the, equipped to deal with that, though? If you get the chance to meet him before you die. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could, we could all just walk out the door, get hit by a bus. Without we could die having met Spider-Man. never met Spider-Man. <laughs> and Spider-Man could kill us. <laughs> I'd say it's very possible we could all die without meeting Spider-Man. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad that that... That prompt mm-hmm. was in the kids section of the library. Yeah, really remind kids that they're going to eat it at some point. <laughs> well, but, but also, I feel like if you put that in the adult section of the library, that will go badly very quickly. Like that would be putting sure. too much trust in the public's hand. It's either going to get very dirty very fast or very sad very fast. Yeah. <laughs> like before I die, I hope that I hear from my estranged daughter one last time. <laughs> sure. Can Can I ask you a Spider-Man related question? You may. Is this something that happens with a with a superhero or has ever happened where the story in the comic book is Spider-Man shoots – Spider-Man has web sh- – Dan, I'll explain yeah. this to you. Spider-Man has web shooters inside his wrist. OK. Inside the wrist. He built – he designed and built them himself after he realized like, yeah, he had super genius, jumping sure. and strength powers. Uh, well, I mean later on he had a costume that was an alien symbiote but that's a whole other – yeah. That's a whole other storyline. We're Dan. splitting hairs here. Does Spider-Man ever shoot at Doc Ock? Mm-hmm. That's his primary rival. Some fat man with robot arms, eight robot arms, mm-hmm. extremely powerful. He shoots at him. Doctor Octagon, <laughs> Doctor Octopus. <laughs> he shoots at Doctor Octagon, the Cool Keith side project. He shoots at <laughs> Doctor Octopus. Doctor Op- Octopus dodges. And it hits just a bystander, and the bystander dies. Does that ever happen in comic books? Uh, I mean, I think, I think you know, they try. I guess realistically, and I think this is a, this is a question that the new Superman movie brought up a lot. It's like in reality, superheroes probably would just kill a lot of random people based on you know the degree to which they're fighting. But yeah, I mean, I think in the comic books that would be. You know, that would be a huge event if they randomly killed a bystander. Also, I, you know, I'm just going out on a limb here uh, because, Jesse, you just explained to me what a web shooter is now for the first time. Yeah. Having had no experience with Spider-Man before, um, I think that maybe you're overestimating the lethality of just getting hit by a web. Yeah, it would probably just incapacitate them. It's mostly like a sticky thing, right? Yeah, it's like getting, hit, it with goes... a, getting hit with a handful of caramels. <laughs> Something we've all experienced. <laughs> Think about the last time that happened to you. Did you die? Sure, when I was robbing that caramel factory. <laughs> yeah. That caramel factory heist gone awry. Man, you had such a good crew together. The last thing I expected to find was that elderly night watchman. Sure. <laughs> elderly but ferocious. All <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, gee whiz. But here's the thing. What if it goes in your nose? <laughs> yeah, true. I guess it has suffocating, suffocating powers. Suffocating. Uh, what if you're a little fella, or if you're standing next to an open manhole? <laughs> yeah. You got it's it. Also a problem. Allergies, web allergies. <laughs> you don't know who's got them. Let's say you're allergic to symbiotes. <laughs> sure. Or you're allergic to. And you don't have any Benadryl. Boy geniuses. I think it's funny that like it just so ha- like uh, it just so happens that the spider bit the one uh, teenager in the world who has the power to invent a web slinger with the most strong tensile strength. Like the, the convergence of abilities here is like, why didn't he just fight crime before sure. he was bitten by a spider? I mean, you could call it amazing. You could call it spectacular. You could call yeah. that... 
Yeah, it really Ultimate. is. Ultimate. <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> you, well, I mean, what if he had gotten bitten by like a bear? <laughs> and, and had died. A bear-like physique. <laughs> but no, could also a, shoot webs. A magic bear. <laughs> okay. Just like the magic like spider. Like a brother bear. Yeah, a, radio, yeah. A, a radioactive nuclear bear. Okay. And he well, gets get bear-like. Well, fucking make up your mind, Jesse. Is it radioactive or is it magic? Because those are two very different Radioactivity things. is okay. a type of magic, as I understand it. Mm-hmm. So he gets what? Bear-like strength, a bear-like ability to scoop salmon out of rivers. Mm-hmm. And he shoots webs he has a b- because he's, got, he's a boy genius. He has this web shooting shit on hand. Yeah. I was, I was going to say he has a bear's proportional desire for honey. <laughs> oh, I want so much honey now. It's distracting how much I want it. It's calorie dense. He needs calorie dense foods in the summer months. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. This is Biz. This is Teresa. We host a show called One Bad Mother. We're a comedy podcast about parenting. Not a parenting podcast. And for some reason, we seem to be most popular among single dudes with no kids. <laughs> Weird. The only advice you'll get from us is when we tell you to stop feeling like shit for being a mom. Or a dad. Or, you know, a single person with no children. Find us on iTunes or at MaximumFun.org. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Uh, Dan McCoy, the beast from the east. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Dan McCoy. This man knows how to take the take the rock to the hoop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Take the, put the ball in the hole. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Put Hat my trick. balls in a hole. Yep. <laughs> Shove them down there. I am. See what happens. <laughs> Maybe it'll feel good. Jordan. Who knows? Yes. I am very proud of our 1,000 Cones video. Mm-hmm. Done very well on the internet. Mm-hmm. People, of course, can go see it at MaximumFun.org slash 1,000 Cones. However, I can't help but notice that another video uh, on which we collaborated, or uh, it was, frankly, your video to which I contributed. Sure. Um, has just dramatically, outlandishly outpaced the video that we created. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of a that's it's a, it's a little bit of a, a dubious distinction. Uh, uh, but um, uh, Dan, for you, I um, uh, I uh, he was bitten by a radio. I was bitten for a radioactive spider. spider. Oh, and congratulations! I just, and I've just been fucking killing random people left and right <laughs> by accident. I mean, I'm trying to hit the vulture. Yeah. I'm trying to hit Electro. Thwip, I just can't do it. I'm just hitting random passersby. Uh, A lot of them are allergic to webs. Some of them are little fellas. Some of them are little fellas. Uh, I mean, my web web serum has a lot of gluten in it, and I'm just hitting a lot of people with gluten intolerances. Right. So it's not killing them, but it's giving them diarrhea. Right. So I feel bad about that. Uh, I, I uh, something I've been doing a lot of this summer is writing uh, writing talk show packets and a lot of things that they want you to do for these talk show packets or write like um, topical sketches or parodies or something like that. So uh, I wrote a. Uh, you guys are familiar with e-cigarettes? 
Sure, they're used for vaping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dan, is the e-cigarettes, are these things people pull out in New York you just know, randomly? I don't, I, I don't think they're such a big thing. And I honestly, the first thing that I can that uh, was my experience of it was seeing your video. I think I was aware that it was a thing that existed, but I had not seen it in the wild. Yeah. I have to say that the e-cigarette store by my house, previously known as Vape On 2, mm-hmm. uh, that's O-N number 2. It's uh, not Vape On 2 the other side, right? <laughs> no, I think that's implied, though. Okay. Uh, it has recently changed its name to the L.A. Vapery. Mm. Uh, perhaps because of a threat from Ray Manzarek, <laughs> a legal threat from sure. Ray Manzarek. Is he dead? Possibly. I think he's still around and, and still, noodle, noodling with the best of them. Still touring as the doors. <laughs> sure, yeah. Still interrupting things with 20-minute organ solos. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so anyway, so uh, so e-cigarettes, uh, uh, they they... I think there's normal e-cigarettes, which uh, kind of look like a cigarette and have a odorless vapor. But then there are uh, asshole e-cigarettes, which uh, look like they were designed by Ed Hardy. And they have these kind of flashing lights and the vapors smell like, uh, you know, the incenses that you buy in a college town and things like this. Uh, So the parody I came up with was the Look At Me cigarette. And it's an e-cigarette that's even douchier. And it displays your IMDb credits and it plays your uh, band that you're in. And it's just something, you know, something to get people to notice you is is the joke of this video. Jesse, you provided the voiceover. I did. I provided my my honeyed baritone mm-hmm. did a very good job. Thank you very much. I think everybody was really impressed with it. Uh, so yeah, so uh, so it 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 went up and it uh, you know it got passed around on some nice comedy websites. Uh, but then I have this little uh, for my YouTube channel. I have a notice uh, come up when someone comments on a video and it sends it to my email. And I woke up one day and just with with. Three inbox pages filled with those notifications. I'm like, ah, something happened with the video. Ordinarily, that's a service that YouTube provides sure. um, that helps creators feel bad about themselves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you don't have to go to a whole separate page to right. feel like shit. Exactly. To know that you are gay <laughs> or fake. Yeah. <laughs> Alternately. Uh, so anyway, so uh, the the vaping community got wind of this. Uh, a Reddit subforum. Mm-hmm. I noticed it in a Reddit, an, a vaping-themed subreddit. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, how much can you discuss vaping on, like, why do you need a forum for that? Well, here's the thing. Uh, from what I can gather, uh, the vaping industry is a collection of questionable fly-by-night snake oil salespeople. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, there's a real product. But it's sort of like it's sort of like just one tenth of a step from the bong industry. Sure, but it adds a layer of the sort it's of. It's like forward-thinking bong salesmen are like, "This is what's next." Yeah, well, it's what happens when a bong man, you know, a man who works in the world of bongs, mm-hmm. meets a guy uh, who makes. Daddy was a bong man, <laughs> and his daddy before him, and meets a guy who makes generic cell phone accessories mm-hmm. at a party, and they. Get their heads together. That's what's called a meat cute. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They decide to make e-cigarettes. So I think part of the deal is that you get together to discuss what is and isn't, for example, poisonous. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) What can you cram into something and heat up and inhale? I think also anything can be nerded out over 
anything in the world. And if it happens to be something that you're addicted to that's also a small electronic device, mm-hmm. it's pretty much the perfect thing for, for nerds to fight over. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think a big thing about the Reddit deal was that um, Gawker used the video as kind of clickbait. Uh, what's the Gawker gadget site, Gizmodo or something yeah, like Gizmodo. that? Yeah, Gizmodo. Because they Gizmodo posted it with the very clickbaity headline. Do e-cigarettes make you a douchebag? Question mark. Just to get people mad and to get people to click on them. So I think the Reddit people who hate the Gawker people uh, because of some sort of fight about. Reddit uh, anonymity, blah blah blah. Uh, so oh, I think yeah. they were like, "Look what Gawker is saying about us." So I mean, the point is, two. It's really sad when two of the internet's classiest websites clash. <laughs> right? I know. <laughs> yeah, it's like that time that Rolls Royce <laughs> drove into that yacht. The place that's smart, snarky about the media meets the place where you post. Mostly nude pictures of underage girls. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and Pokemon shit, Dan. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. forget Pokemon shit. It's like chocolate and peanut butter. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, it kind of turned into this thing of Reddit yelling at Gawker anyways. Um, but the comments under the video were pretty were pretty bonkers the and this was not isolated this was a huge discussion going on some guys thought they had cracked the code they assumed because my last name was Morris that I was employed by Philip Morris and that the video was a conspiracy from Big Tobacco to get people off of e-cigarettes. The theme of these comments was, yeah, right. I'm not falling for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, you figured it out. <laughs> but do they think that, that you included that name as a clever little Easter egg? Like, why Right, to make myself easier to find out. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah, I think they they assume that all secret societies or, you know, kind of far-reaching conspiracies operate like the Da Vinci Code and they <laughs> want to be found out in some way. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was like a fun, it was a fun thing for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I felt a little bit bummed that I didn't get a little big tobacco money for that. I mean, you I went into have. the red to make that video. I know. That you, was out of pocket. You should, yeah, there's no doubt that you should have... I say you get it, you take it to them and get a payoff now. Right. Because, I mean, I think I'm ha- helping them in the long run by defaming e-cigarettes. And I think people see that and they probably buy a pack of regulars. I certainly did. Yeah. I've been smoking like a chimney since I've seen that thing. And, and sure. I didn't smoke before. Yeah. Mostly what? cloves, though, right? <laughs> well, yeah. But that's only because I'm appearing in a one-man, uh, one-man show on stage. <laughs> so you want to be able to smoke the same thing on stage as off stage. I'm playing Edward R. Murrow. Okay. He's known for smoking cigarettes during his broadcast. Of course, it's illegal to smoke in an enclosed mm-hmm. area. Good night and good smoke. <laughs> <laughs> it's about his relationship with cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> he married one. <laughs> And weirdly, he fucked it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how he even... Yeah, I mean, destroyed it while fucking it. I mean, I mean talk, about, a, talk about a needle dick. Yeah, it's more of an inserted it into his urethra sort of situation. <laughs> Weird guy, Edward R. Murrow. Yeah. Weird guy. Um, so, yeah, it was, it, it, was, it was interesting. Yeah, and I felt like I... I, I did feel weird that they, this wasn't going, going as deep as they wanted it to. I kind of felt like I... Would have liked to have been employed by Big Tobacco. There are some truly amazing comments, like exegeses of how you have uh, you you are promulgating Big Tobacco's. What? No, anyone can see that e-cigarettes are fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I don't smoke regular cigarettes. 
And I think probably e-cigarettes are better than regular cigarettes, but they're less ridiculous. <laughs> sure. Because so many more people have done them for a really long time. We're all used to them. Yeah. yeah I don't think the, yeah, the, ridic- the ridiculousness of it is not a selling point. I assume that the people who are smoking them even know, like, well, this is pretty silly, but I guess I'll get slightly less cancer. Yeah, I guess my, my thing, I guess the idea, the idea behind the video is like that doesn't have to light up with a green light. Right. And it doesn't have to have dragon tattoo designs on it. Like that – like if someone, I mean, I have a, I have, I have a, a, a buddy who uh, cigarettes have helped him stop smoking, and he has one that looks normal. It doesn't emit a a cloud that smells like CK one. It, it's <laughs> it's just normal, and he goes outside to use it, and it's great. But yeah, and it's it's. But I think it's the the fact that these these are these weird fashion accessories. Would you say that joke. you mentioned CK one? Would you say that mm. all of the odors are unisex? Yeah, yeah, and transgressively so. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, they make me feel like it would be okay to do a little gay stuff. Oh, like it wouldn't be not masculine. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, I felt a little bit. I mean, I was excited that it got all these hits, and definitely like having internet, uh, having internet videos that are successful helps with job getting. Um, so I'm kind of excited for someone to potentially see that and how many hits it got. But I definitely was really bummed. Because I don't feel like anyone, you know, most of the people watching it weren't saying, isn't this funny? Isn't this well done? Isn't this clever? It's like, look at this fucking, you know, it was being used as like the awful, like the worst kind of internet clickbait. Like it might as well have been a nip slip gallery, I feel like, you know, as far as what it was being used for on the internet. Like just something to get people riled up and mad. Did you? You know, like nip slips. Did you put the... (laughs) Fucking Scarlett Johansson, keep it in your dress! Sorry. Did you put the nip slips in there on purpose? I mean, you know, anything. Anything to, you know, boost consumer click-through. I guess I'm not following because I remember the nip slip gallery. Mm-hmm. that It was about two-thirds of the way through. Yeah. Because I, I remember because he gave me a script. I had to say, now hold on. Here comes the nip slip gallery you've been <laughs> waiting for in an announcer voice. Yeah. I, I think that we can all agree, though, that, like, those nipples don't need to light up on the end, though. That's, That's just true. saying, yeah. look at me. I know, exactly. And, <laughs> and the puffs but I, of smoke were yeah. a little disconcerting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Scarlett Johansson's got to do what she's got to do to keep her name in the news. Yeah, there you go. I mean, you know, she's not the she's not the youngest starlet. You got Minka Kelly out there, nip slipping, <laughs> got whatever, coming up, uh, nipping, who, nipping at your heels, so wh- to speak. Whoever Minka Kelly is, there you go. What's Minka Kelly? Uh, what is Mika Kelly, Dan? Friday Night Lights. Okay. Oh, who was she on Friday Night Lights? I've seen that. Um, she was the one with the dark hair and the the dark eyes. The coach? (laughs) (laughs) She's the one who, like, uh, was dating the guy who gets, uh, crippled in the first. Oh, yeah, this beautiful young woman. Yeah. You can see how she's a star now. Yeah. Plus, she was on Friday Night Lights. It was a great show. How are the, how are the nip slips in that show? Oh, God. That show was more slip than no nip. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know the classic slip to no nip? Right? <laughs> yeah. That was how NBC promoted it. <laughs> More slip than no nip, which confused people, which is why Friday Night Lights never really took off. Remember, do you remember what the football team would say? Clear eyes, slip nips, <laughs> That was their idea. It would distract the other team. It was like a hot scenario. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 
It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Dan McCoy, beast from the east. Dan, it's a pleasure to have you on the program. It's great to have someone visiting from uh, another coast. It's great to have someone visiting from an Emmy award-winning television program. It's great to have someone visiting from a smash hit podcast like the Flophouse. Thank you. Can I, I mean, speaking of coming from the other coast, can I just tell you about something that came, like when I was flying out, Mm-hmm. Uh, we're flying out on Virgin America. Um, okay, go, go ahead. I'm That's sorry. fine. Was I, I, no, it's fine. I, I mean, this isn't. I get it. You fly Virgin America everywhere. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, Del- Delta's fine too. Like Delta's like a they party do in a... the sky. Got, yeah, yeah I'm purple. sure. I mean, when I flew over here from Atlanta the other day, I f- I only f- I just flew Delta. But yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, they have they have beautiful biracial stewardesses. I know who. I get it. Who, Everybody's got an updo. I see. <laughs> I've seen the Virgin America booth. I just. Yeah, I mean, it's you. It's Emmy award winning writers and DJs. No, those are the yeah. only people that are on Virgin America. Oh, and the biracial stewardesses. People who are a little sarcastic, but they're telling you about something really important. Yeah. Anyway, people who like to buy everything uh, using a credit card. Yeah. In the yeah. back of the seat. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, uh, I'll have to really. I'll really have to listen closely to your story to hear you all the way up from your ivory tower. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know if I'll get all of it. I might miss some of it because okay. you're yelling down at us. In a golden <laughs> megaphone. But uh, well, maybe this will make you rethink your opinions about <laughs> yes. Virgin America. We were on the, uh, you know, waiting to take off for about an hour. And, you know, we all assume that it's your usual, like, takeoff bullshit. It's like, whatever, we forgot to put fuel in the plane or whatever the thing is. <laughs> yeah. But, uh the guy comes on. The captain comes on and Some says, "Some of these stewardesses are only one race. <laughs> well, get them out of here." Uh, they they said that the uh, the the flight was overweight, mm-hmm. and uh, the computer just now had picked up on that, and they had already kicked off one of their own people from being on the flight. But they were looking for two people to get off. Wow, uh, with their luggage to uh, so we could get in the air and this raised so many questions all right off the plane chris christie guy fieri <laughs> i mean i don't have you guys experienced those are two this? famous fat guys no but i will say that someone who was coming to i think it was ben harrison mm-hmm. our videographer uh, who was coming to boatparty.biz our cruise that we did last week um told me that on his flight out there was a rat on the flight <laughs> And the stewardesses contacted the captain. He went and pretended he had to use the bathroom so he could overhear the conversation. <laughs> and basically the captain just said – Ben, not the pilot. Yeah, Ben did. Uh, ben, ben said that the captain just told the stewardess, yeah, well, this has happened before. It'll happen again. We'll deal with it when we get there. <laughs> there have been rats on planes since the beginning of aviation. <laughs> the Wright brothers. No, but he was wearing little goggles. It was cute. He was their pet. It started a trend. <laughs> Rats but, love to chew on insulation. Yeah. So wait. So yeah. What happened? Did people get off the plane? People got off the plane. Although uh, my coworker Hallie uh, overheard it, and they were not being nice about it. Hallie like, Berry, we know. <laughs> she was like beautiful biracial celebrity sure. Hallie Berry. Uh, my friend Hallie Hagland heard overheard this, and they were not offering anything. For people who are getting off the plane, like eventually they had to, sure, yeah, of course, offer something. But to me, the idea that like, oh, we're operating on such razor thin margins that the <laughs> yeah. say three hundred, three hundred fifty pounds of two people leaving the plane is what's the difference between life and death. Here's my concern on the issue: is I think if you put that out there and there's no reason to leave the plane, maybe there's a secret reason that people should leave the plane, like a rat. 
Well, I started thinking, like, is this a Final Destination scenario? Oh, like, should yeah. I be one, should I be the guy who gets off the plane sure. and cheats death? Mm-hmm. Although, the oh, way- they are, I mean, but what's the Final Destination? Is, is it that one, or is it what if the plane you get on is the one that crashes? Right. That's the problem with Final Destination. You never know. Sure. Although, <laughs> the Grim Reaper is mysterious. The other problem about Final Destination, though, that I was just talking about with my friend was, doesn't Death maybe know that there's a possibility that someone will switch seats? <laughs> yeah. Like death the is, idea yeah. that there's a pattern. Death is finicky. Death yeah. is real picky. Death has OCD. I was going to kill you in this very specific order. Sure, yeah. And now I'm mad at you, so I'm going to come back around. Yeah, if you're if death is ever chasing you, if you're ever in a final destination situation, mm-hmm. when death is chasing you, just throw down a pack of playing cards, <laughs> yeah. and he'll have to shuffle them, and then you just get away. I um I actually just got back. I've been traveling for um nearly two weeks continuously as of this recording. Uh, first, I went out to the Atlantic Ocean Comedy and Music Festival um, out of Miami, Florida. Maybe you guys have heard of Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, a- oh, I've only uh, I've only heard it uh, described as Hot Atlanta. <laughs> Is that the same thing? Yeah. Okay. Same thing. Same thing. Um, I had a great time in Miami. I- I'll tell you, I was only in Miami proper for one day. And I decided to go to this fa- this uh, store that sells guayaberas, which is a famous kind of shirt okay. that is worn in uh, it's like a Cuban wedding. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's a it's a <clears throat> shirt that's worn by old old Cuban men. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to this famous store. It was and- a it was a it was a, a favorite of mine during my uh, high school. I only shop at thrift stores. Goofball days. Sure, and I think I and I think a perfectly suitable shirt for that man and many others. I I sure. love a good Wayabera. So I went to this fancy Wayabera store, and it took. It took about 90 minutes to get there on the bus, despite it being five miles away. Um, and I, when I was arrived— Was the bus overweight? No, <laughs> bus was not overweight. When I arrived, I found a store, a perfectly lovely store, but there were two things that gave me pause about this store. One was there were a group of roosters just milling around outside. Dealing drugs? They weren't dealing drugs. They were just looking real third worldy. Mm-hmm. Well, Who's roosters? I was in the middle of Miami. Like, let's be clear, I was just in Miami. I wasn't on the outskirts. Uh, my five mile trip did not take me to the right. outskirts of Miami. I've, I'm talking about four lane road. I'm talking about fast food restaurants. I'm talking about, you know what I mean? Like a central Miami type sure. location. Just this was is this next to the sound machine? F- yeah, exactly. <laughs> just you would five... think that, that sound machine would scare away the roosters. <laughs> yeah, just five roosters. Yeah, you get used to it. You know, five roosters. It's like when you grow up near a factory, you kind of yeah. get used to the smell. You get used to the Miami sound machine. Five roosters and a dog, a, a dead dog. Mm. Five roosters mm. and a dead dog just mm. hanging out there on the street. Mm. Now, this was my experience of going to the Florida Keys, where there were just chickens running around all over the place. But that's not. A major metropolitan area like Miami. And now I'm concerned about other. I mean, look, if it's if it is the third world, let's go with the third world stuff. I'm not afraid of roosters. Yeah, you know what I mean. You could I'm just confused because it's hey, a major some, American city. Let's get some secret police in here. <laughs> yeah, like where's like Papa Doc Duvalier? <laughs> where's the strong arm military leader? 
You don't want it. You don't want a city where you feel like you're hovering between worlds. I, that's what that's what upset me is the combination of. And again, I want to be clear that the store was quite nice, as was the quote unquote Cuban hamburger that I ate next door, which is, uh, uh, which is like a a patty of a sort of ham food thing mm-hmm. that's fried. Um, it's sort of like. The stuff that's in the middle of a croqueta, if you've ever had a croqueta before, like a famous Cuban. Okay, I'm fr- I I'm from uh, the Midwest, and then <laughs> I went to New York. So your your Hispanic ways are strange to me. Uh, the woman, <laughs> the, it's a it's like a fried we, ham we patty. We have very fiery tempers too, Dan. <laughs> so be careful with uh, of that. With like potato strings, it was really good. Mm-hmm. It was really good. She get the woman. The woman. Uh, oh, another thing that's interesting to me about um, uh, another thing that's interesting to me about Miami is people will speak Spanish to me because of the fact. I, I think because of the fact that there are so many in in Miami. There are so many. Uh, White Cubans um, who speak Spanish as a first language relative to here where uh, all the Latinos are darker skinned or almost all the Latinos are darker skinned. People would speak Spanish to me. I would respond in English or in my own poor Spanish uh, and then they would just continue to speak Spanish to me. You would just say croqueta. Yeah, exactly. Like just people would double down on speaking mm-hmm. Spanish. There was a really interesting. Like, perhaps I should speak it faster. When I sat down to order my quote unquote Cuban hamburger, I, um, I, the woman put down the hot sauces, and she said, she pointed to one. She said, you know, un poquito picante y muy 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 picante. She pointed as she pointed to the second one, and then she You're said, "You're losing me. I don't know what any of this means." <laughs> Again, she said. This. Then she said. Very, very, very picante. <laughs> now, Jesse, are you sure you didn't enroll yourself in an, an immersive Spanish class? That's yeah, possible. Know. I could have. And to be honest with you, that fucking that sauce was fucking crazy picante. <laughs> that shit. I put like some drops of that, and I was sweating. I think the correct response, what the response she was looking for, was we can go see several kinds of goats. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, I did. I had a really, I had a really fantastic time. Ate real good, and then uh, the cruise was amazing. Mm. The cruise was a fucking crazy. Um, I gotta say, I desperately wanted to go on that. I mean, there's so many people like who have been involved in the show who are involved in that cruise, but yep. uh, it just did not line up with our shows. Uh, you got schedule. Emmys to win. <laughs> We've got shows to put out sure, most yeah. of the time. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll except get for you. the several weeks that we're on vacation. We'll get you on a future show. We'll get you on a future cruise, Dan, because it was a fucking blast. Uh, the comedy shows were tremendous. I knew the comedy shows were going to be tremendous. But um, I have to say, uh, our music show was uh, our friend John Roderick uh, host, sort of hosted the program. Then the beautiful and uh, infinitely charming Nellie Mackay, uh, who sings like a fucking angel. I mean, just I, I would guess from seeing the people, maybe the least number of people immediately recognize Nellie Mackay, though she may be one of the more famous of our performers. And um, but she just won everybody over with her spectacular talent. Um, and then John Darnell just blew everyone away. John Darnell of the Mountain Goats. But Dan Deacon, indie electronic musician slash composer Dan Deacon, just fucking blew the party doors mm-hmm. off it was insane just 
comedy nerds rolling around on the floor dancing, <laughs> flipping the fuck out. Dan Deacon just yells, I want to see everyone dancing like a bunch of grown-up Bart Simpsons. <laughs> wow. It was it was insane. Like, after they had basically cut... So the, you're saying that all of the UCB hoodies were soaked in sweat by the end. It was... Cr- and it was formal night. So there were a fair number of tuxedos in evidence. Wow. And people were flipping the fuck out. He had, like... He was assigning dance captains, making people copy all of their moves... He was splitting people into teams. He was making people like he had a dance line that was not like a conga line. It was the kind where two people put the palms of their hands together, sort of like uh, sort of like a like a knighting ceremony or something. Anyway, he had a dance line that went out of the club, like all the way across the ship, down the stairs, around, back up the stairs, and back into the club. You know, 300 people in this dance line flipping out. And as they got out, like as they ran out of um, uh, earshot of Dan's music, they were just chanting like a crazed cult mob. <laughs> Maximum fun. Wow. Maximum. It was in fucking sane. And then the blood rites. Yeah. Oh, and then the blood I don't even want to get into the blood rites. Yeah. But it was much. It was more. Uh, it was more amazing than I ever could have hoped it would be. It turns out that as dumb as a cruise is, overall, mm-hmm. it is the perfect venue for going apeshit. Dan, do you expect? Uh, do you expect your Emmy after parties are going to be this crazy? Um, well, the theme is Enchanted Forest, so <laughs> I think it'll be pretty crazy. Be with, elf, with elf ears like the ones you've picked out. <laughs> there will be naiads all around. <laughs> it, was, um, it was a pretty spectacular experience. It capped off by two really wonderful events. One was 3, 4 o'clock in the morning on the last night. Um, uh, Eugene Merman just lying in the pool wearing all his clothes – Repeating over and over, I am in the arts. I am in the arts. Wow. <laughs> and um, and also... That sounds like the end of if Eugene Merman was the subject of The Aviator. Yeah. <laughs> John Darneal was walking past this closing night pool party and uh, on board the ship, you know, there's a saltwater pool on board the ship, which really fucks with your head. Um, but John Darneal's walking past and, you know, Darn. Darnell is sort of a modest guy. He's a little bit of a shrinking violet. Um, and as he walked past, everyone is motioning, you know, Roderick and Hodgman and Eugene and Wyatt Sanak are all saying, you know, come get in the pool, get in the pool, get in the pool. And he says, you know, I can't get in the pool right now because I don't usually wear underwear. And now you all know that. <laughs> and then he went back to his room and came back with his underwear on and sort of stood triumphantly at the top of the stairs of the pool with one ball hanging out, and everyone's applauding and screaming and celebrating Darnell's big entrance. He gets in the pool, and the next day on the way out, I congratulated him. I said, like, John, that was one of the most amazing en- – because, like, Kurt Brownaller had been doing belly flops, and, you know, a lot of people were trying yeah. to make a big entrance. Sure. But that was easy. He had, he had lapped the field <laughs> by taking one of his balls out, and I said to him – you know, congratulations on a really spectacular entrance last night. I never imagined I would see your ball. And he said, oh, yeah, I did not know my ball was out. Uh, 
<laughs> what drugs were circulating? Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. He suffers from something called ball blindness. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, after the war, he had a phantom ball. You know, a ball that feels that feels like it's there. Our yeah. cruise director, our cruise director, did tell us, um, the, or the guy who arranged everything. He's like a travel agent who works exclusively with group cruises. His name is Leon. Um, he basically lives on cruise ships. Uh, he's great. He's just a wonderful man. Um, he said he said to me, it's really important that you tell everyone that if there's anything illicit they bought in Nassau, they use it now and not have it in their bag tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, dang, that's ice cold. That's the, for real. Yeah, you just got to fucking eat a whole handful of drugs. Yeah, just eat your drugs because <laughs> otherwise your you're going to get arrested. Some of them aren't even for eating. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dangerous piece of advice. Just <laughs> chewing on a syringe. That's so funny that yeah, he would he he would rather them just binge on the drugs rather than dispose of them. You gotta be careful. You no, can't sure. be too careful. I flew straight How many whippets can one person do in a row? <laughs> I flew straight from there to the public radio program director's con so mm-hmm. that was one of the most amazing four days of my life. I mean, just <clears throat> an extravaganza that knew no bounds. Um, then I flew straight from there to the public radio program director's conference, which is the worst thing in my life, <laughs> the absolute number one worst thing in my life. I just – it is like a brutal assault of – this is what happens at the public radio There's program that, director's. Is this worse than that Japanese ghost that haunts your house? <laughs> it is way worse than the – you mean Kenji? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I kind of become friends with Kenji. Oh. Yeah. We'll sit down, have some sake. <laughs> well, I'll have some sake. It just sort of falls on the ground when he tries to drink it. He just yeah. gets weird ghost hair in your drains. That's all. <laughs> By the way, in my scenario uh, that I just described, he has corporeal hands. So uh, okay. he, can he can pick, pick up, it up the sake. But his mouth and his innards Yeah, are... Yeah, it seems like those Japanese ghosts always have like... Always have like hair problems. <laughs> like they're always losing chunks water. of hair. Yeah. So anyway, I thinning pu- hair is public, a problem. With public Japanese radio, public public radio program directors conference is where I go to beg program directors to carry my. So sh- where is that show? It was in Atlanta. Huh. I've only heard it. I've only heard it described as Miami. <laughs> <laughs> I I met some cool uh, Jordan Jesse Go fans at the production offices of Archer. Mm-hmm. Um, when went and visited Archer, one of my favorite television programs. Heck. Probably my favorite TV show on the air right now, except for, of course, The Flophouse with Dan McCoy. <laughs> um, I, uh, you guys I, have a TV version in the works, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's Flophouse Babies. <laughs> <laughs> Lil, Lil Flophouse? Flophouse? Yeah. You just watch, uh, you just watch uh, Very JJ dirty. the Jet Plane. The oh, okay. Thing. It's not, not you don't watch kids' movies? No. They were careful. Are you going to replace Stuart? Uh-huh. Is someone going to play Stuart? Well, I guess I had a baby. I mean, the thing is, like, the weird thing about Stuart being a baby is Stuart is so handsome mm. that people find him attractive as a cartoon baby, hmm, and then right. that makes them feel really weird. Yeah, sure. Very strange. I uh, got to see some stills and animatics and stuff from uh, the next oh, season wow. of Archer. Mm-hmm. That was very exciting for me. Um, and generally i just talked to people that i did not want to talk to or i talked to people who i sort of was willing to talk to but would benefit me not at all to yeah. talk to them um, i feel like that's just describing my day-to-day life <laughs> <laughs> not going to a conference you're a pharmaceutical salesperson <laughs> let's be clear um, 
It was really <laughs> <laughs> boy. You really, uh, you really. It's, it's a game of it's a game of numbers at want that any point, right? Pro? How many? Yeah. Do you want any Lexapro? And do you have a prescription for it? You <laughs> yeah. are you are. You need two things to hit for that. But we had a we had a meetup that we plugged mm-hmm. on the show a couple of weeks ago. Had a really great time. Uh, hung out with Ophira Eisenberg from Ask Me Another and Glenn Washington from uh, from Snap Judgment, as well as Guy Raz from uh, the TED Radio Hour, formerly Weekend All Things Considered hey, host. That's fun. Yeah, it was. It was so a who's who. A real NPR who's who. Uh, Murderers we, Row. We had Ophabia Quist Arkton didn't show up though. Man, I wish Ophabia Quist Arkton or Wade Goodwin. Mm-hmm. Come on, Wade Goodwin with that beautiful voice of his. Yeah, but they were too busy. Is there like a cooler? Is there like a cool kids party that they were at? Yeah, it's just it's just the two of them. Yeah, <laughs> just, just <laughs> doing whippets in a hotel room. <laughs> just doing whippets and boning down. Oh man, trying to make the future of public radio. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is the conference, every conference session is about the future of public radio. And uh, it's just brutal to listen to that for the seventh year in a row. You know what I mean? Just every year, it's the same stuff about millennials. You mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about? Millennials? Sure. So they want a lot of public radio shows to just be lists now. Yeah. Exactly. Shareable lists. Shareable lists. Dan, what's your, what's, your, what's your comfort level at a Hollywood function? Very low. Okay. I, I mean, I'm, I, I, I should say you're going to one right after this. Yeah. Uh, you're dressed very nice. Thank I think you. you're going to look great at this thing. Uh, luckily, I think it's going to be mostly um, uh, the people who work sort of in the Comedy Central offices. Okay. Who I won't talk to. I'll talk to the people I see every day. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, I, I, you know, having worked at the show for almost two and two and a quarter, two and a half years now, like... I'm still kind of uncomfortable around, say, on-camera talent that I see every day. <laughs> like I, I already, I still put, I'm still starstruck. Struck, I put them at a higher level. I have nothing to say to them in the halls. I mostly hope that the like a, so, we talking about like a Samantha B. Yeah, some, well, Samantha B is the ni- like someone the real intimidating. Person. So nice, so nice. She like has no idea who I am but waved to me this morning in the hotel very enthusiastically but I'm still terrified of her <laughs> you're like, just yeah, yeah you just you just are afraid of people who are in camera makeup look we all know that people who are on television are better than us Dan sure. has that's a, a fear that's of, a given Dan has a powerful fear of Canadian moms mm, <laughs> yeah the, I'm I'm afraid of the friendly and non-threatening. Give me sort of an awkward, kind of grumpy guy. Yeah, I'm right in my wheelhouse. Do you have an you have a you have a seat for the Emmys, right? Oh yeah. Do you yeah. do you have an objective for your Emmy experience? Um, I I, I think that just being there is like it's a madhouse. I I think that the weird thing about going to one of these award shows, and my friend Elliot, who works at the show, has said the same thing, is like. There's such a powerful feeling of unreality. All of a sudden, it's not like you think like, oh, I've made it. I'm at the Emmys. You start thinking like, oh, the Emmys must not be a real thing because I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like maybe it's a a fever dream or it's a Matrix thing. A what if comic. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Well, it's brought down to my level just by my own like. Oh, they're letting anybody in here. Yeah. Ugh, an asshole like me is here? Sure. Jesus. I like that's, how, think... that's how I feel every time I go to the uh, Outback for Endless Shrimp. <laughs> like, it's like oh, they okay. let anybody have Endless Shrimp. Yeah, days. it's like just anyone could get as many shrimp as they want to have you, for $14.99. Have you thought about thinking of the Emmys as a sort of grand crossover event? Mm. 
So, oh, like a you like know, Marvel a, DC like sort an, of. I was going to say like an Infinite Crisis, right? So, uh, the world of nerdy podcaster meets uh, very attractive TV people. <laughs> sure, yes, exactly. Well, their worlds collide. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I, I. I, just... I mean, maybe you're just the Earth Two version of Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm just pleased to have my first experience with a tuxedo. Oh, okay. That's it. Wait, your you first mean... experience with a tuxedo? Have you Making hired a, tu- a tuxedo, tuxedo <laughs> prostitute? <laughs> I was trying to figure out. Are you going to fuck a penguin? Is that what you're... <laughs> there was a lot of fun... By which we mean a nun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of fun swearing in my house uh, two nights ago <laughs> as I tried to figure out how to tie a bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not... So, I mean, I guess I guess other other... Tuxedo experiences, wedding. You didn't wear a tuxedo. I did not wear. I well, I guess I went to prom, and then. I, but that's yeah, that's yeah. horrible rental tuxedo with a cummerbund and all that. Sure, nonsense. You know, I grew up in small town Illinois. Mm-hmm. Like this was not classy. Prom. It's one of those classy no, proms. Nothing wrong with cummerbunds. Let's let, come on, <laughs> Dan. I won't have you running down cummerbunds. I just wore a tuxedo the other day, and guess what I was wearing. Cumberbund? Yeah. Your Cumberbatch Cumberbund, right? With <laughs> <laughs> his face on it? You got it. That's the one. Guys, can, yeah. you t- can you tell me whether this is a good joke or a terrible joke? Sure. This is a joke that's been boiling around in my head. Um, it's a terrible joke. <laughs> Continue. Um, a woman uh, says that her dildo is named Bindi Dick Cumberbunch. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good joke. Okay. I like it. All right. Can, it, can I, I say can I, you, I say you pitch it to the Daily Show <laughs> with John Stewart? You're like, so what is this a part of? What segment is this a part of? Nothing. You just say it, just like at the top of the show or like after commercial or to the guest. Just say it, and then you go. What, do you not? It's like Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Benedict you know, Cumberbatch. Sorry, TV it, Sherlock. Maybe that's a millennial thing. Yeah. Yeah. I say you use that. Can I run two of those by you guys? Yeah, while sure. we're just running while we're just sure. fucking running shit up the flagpole? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh I don't know why the porno Okay, I'm going to start again. I'm not going to phrase it as a question. It's going to be a statement cuz I don't know the questions aren't that funny. Statements are funnier. I'm pretty bummed that the porno company rejected my pitch for This Ain't Grey Gardens an XXX parody. <laughs> <laughs> you guys like that? There's a lot of there's a lot of uh scarves and just like Stuff around when they're having sex. Yeah, a lot of a lot of cats, <laughs> a lot of cats around. So, can we have sex someplace else? Kind of. A, this place is making me kind of sad. A lingering sadness. Yeah, that's like you know. Yeah, that was like pretty it. good. You got one more. Yeah. Um, is this one Harold and Maude themed? <laughs> yeah, this is this is the same thing, but with Harold and Maude in there. Um, I'm I'm glad people are so into cronuts because it's only a matter of time before they get into D's nuts. <laughs> I really appreciate which one like. is better. I was thinking I was I I want uh D's nuts uh based humor to return. I do too. Um and I was just thinking of the other day I was thinking of Cool Keith mm-hmm. who was last popular when I was in college came up earlier on the program actually. Dan earlier on the program. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um I uh I was thinking early in the program when our guest was Al Roker. Uh Cool Keith used to used to had a song, can't remember which record it was on, that went, "Keep it real, represent what? My nuts." <laughs> <laughs> that I still think about ten years later, and it still amuses me. Sure, like all these many years later, I st- and it's not much more than that. Mm-hmm. The song, I mean, some Cool Keith songs are, some some aren't. 
But <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's still relevant all these years later. It, it still is. speaks to today's condition. It does. It's a you know the youth of today. They understand about nuts. Sure. Uh, yeah, there was a guy at my high school where every time he would like walk into the room, people would go, "These nuts!" and he would like lift up his arms, like, "Yeah, I'm here!" Like he like embraced it. I don't know what it was about. I don't know where it started. Wait, that was his nickname. I- I don't. No one called him D's nuts, but when he would walk into a room, two or three people at least would say D's nuts, and he would kind of like raise his hands in triumph. Now, was the guy Rick D's? Oh, there you go. There and you his go. nuts were hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Did he ever figure out John Darnell? Was John Darnell? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I mean, I think I, I'm all D's nuts will always have a special place in my heart. Yeah, that's that's our Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. generations Pokemon. sure kids who are a little younger than us have pokemon we have these nuts yeah gotta catch them all <laughs> sure all the nuts <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on jordan jesse go It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Dan McCoy, beast from the east. Hey, guess what? A couple of live shows coming up. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, Jesse Go, live at L.A. Podfest, Sunday, October 6th, 2 to 4 p.m. in the Squarespace Ballroom at the Sheraton Delfina Santa Monica Hotel. <laughs> That was so many funny things to say. LA Podfest, lots Hopefully of. Hopefully, there will be a carafe of coffee in the in the uh, in the corner. Lots of our friends, uh, lots of our friends' podcasts coming to this thing, and we are giving away a ticket, a pair of tick one one ticket to it, and it's like a hundred dollar thing, you know. Yeah, this is like a this is like Sketch, a pass. Get you into everything. Yeah. Um, on our Facebook page, so go to Jordan Jesse Go on Facebook. Type it into your search box. You'll find it. Click on like and. Brian, a.k.a. Sonny D, will have posted some sort of question for you or something like that. Hey, have you noticed all these people? A lot of people have been sending you full short license plates from Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I really appreciate that. Apparently, every combination of letters that could even suggest full short is now spoken for in Grand Theft Auto. Oh, I didn't know that. You could only... Apparently so. Oh, wow. Yeah, apparently the licensing system in Grand Theft Auto is like a system-wide, interconnected... I wonder if it it goes across consoles. Like, can there be two full shorts on... You know, can there be one on 360 and one on PlayStation 3? That's an interesting question. And is uh, how how quickly was D's Nuts spoken for? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure one of the first two... Um, I also I also want to mention Bullseye with Jesse Thorne, my very own national public radio program, which recently came to KPCC here in Los Angeles, Saturdays at 3 p.m. Uh, we are doing our first live show in L.A. since 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, the last episode that we did uh, live in L.A., Rob Thomas, the creator of Veronica Mars, was a guest on our program, and uh, Veronica Mars was still on television. That's how long ago. Uh, that's how long ago it was. Uh, we have Bill Hader. Hey, is going is confirmed a There's confirmed a guest. guest. There's a guest. We have a couple of very very nearly confirmed guests that are also very exciting. So get your tickets now. They're cheap. I think they're ten bucks. Um, it's in Pasadena at KPCC. They have a beautiful little theater slash performance space, mm-hmm. um, and it is October twenty fifth. Go to Pie and Burger after. 
Oh, shit. If you don't go to Pie and Burger after, what kind of idiot are you? Yeah, you're some kind of chump who wastes a trip to Pasadena. Yeah, the, the party's at Pie and Burger. There's no doubt about that. You got yeah. pie, you got burger, got potato salad. Sure. That's what I usually go with. Pie, burger, potato salad. Great combo. You got that kind of water where, you know that kind of ice that comes out of an ice machine and it's sort of soft? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking a about? brown, maybe? Like a little pellety? Yeah. Oh, that's the good stuff. And it sort of freezes into one big solid but with block of ice but with pass-throughs so the water's cold the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then it gets a little slushy. The Can sort I- of ice that when you try and drink it, you spill water over yourself. Yeah, yeah, right. Because, yes, the water hides in the ice until yeah. the last minute. That's the nice stuff. Can I suggest a Pasadena dream day? Yeah, sure. Afternoon, Arboretum. Right. Evening, Bullseye Live Show. Mm-hmm. Post-game, Pineburger. When you say Arboretum, you're talking specifically about the Huntington Gardens? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Can I suggest a morning activity? Pasadena City College Flea Market. There you go. You thought I was going to go Rose Bowl, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely I mean, if you're not. a college football team, now you... <laughs> you should probably play a game there. Um, yeah, well, that's a good point. Tournament of Roses Parade. Yeah, Tournament of Roses Parade. So chairman or president of the tournament, what's it called? The king of the Tournament of Roses Parade? Oh, yeah, the Grand Marshal? Grand Marshal. Grand Wizard. I'm sorry, the Grand Wizard of the... <laughs> Grand Wizard of the Tournament of Roses Parade first. Second, go to the Pasadena City College Flea Market. Third, go to the Huntington Library and Gardens. Fourth, of course, Pie and Burger. Wait, are you having Pie and Burger before or after the show? Oh, yeah, you don't want to be Logie for the show. You okay. want to be filled with pie. You want to be sharp. <laughs> yeah. You want to be sharp because Bill Hader's probably going to do some of his famous impressions. Mm-hmm. Can, so, I, can I tell you, as an out-of-towner, how helpful and baffling this all is? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we're giving this, four out-of-towners for yeah. folks who want to fly in for the first live bullseye sure. in Southern California in six years. It's a once-in-a-nearly-lifetime event. Exactly. Do well, you have any live flop houses you can do a similar life, treatment of for? A, lifetime uh, of a guinea not. pig. Okay. Do not. Anyway, point is, go to MaximumFun.org. Tickets are on sale now. You can also get them at kpcc.org. Just go to the part that says Crawford Family Forum. I don't want to be embarrassed by people not showing up to this thing. (laughs) At the end of the day, I just got on this station. We're like, yeah, we can draw 200 people. Then we're like, can we draw 200 people? Not sure. Hmm. So, yeah, Bill Hader and friends, October 25th. And Jordan Jesse Go at the L.A. Podfest. Get your free ticket By going to our Facebook page, just search for Jordan Jesse Go. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Dan McCoy, beast from the east. Dan, as a teenager who was bitten by a radioactive spider, I want to explain to you how our segment Momentous Occasion works. When something momentous happens to you, in your case— Jesse, 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 Jesse. Sorry, Dan, uh, we're going to need a minute. Yeah. Jesse, don't embarrass me in front of Dan. He was bombarded by gamma rays. Sorry, I don't... Don't embarrass me in front of Dan. I I thought he was bitten by a radio. No, he was bombarded with gamma rays. Fuck, man. Can I talk... talk, Is it okay if I talk to him again? Yes, but mind your P's and Q's. We don't want him to hulk out. Okay. Dan, as a teenager who was born a mutant with extraordinary... Fuck, I am out of here. What's wrong? I 
Uh, John, uh, never mind. Wrong? You know, do whatever you want to. What's do wrong, whatever Jordan? you want to. You're just going to do it anyways. Go ahead. Jordan, what's wrong? Dan? Dan, you can you excuse okay, us I'm wearing my stretchy purple pants. <laughs> if it happens, it happens. All okay. Right. All right. He's going to hulk out. Dan, let me explain to you how momentous occasion works. When something momentous happens to you, uh, you call us at 206-984-4FUN or email us at jjgo at maximumfun.org to tell us about it. In your case, if I can give you an as if, uh, for example, when your parents were murdered before you, thus Whoa, leading you to that is so wrong. your oh, life that is so to fighting crime. Oh, no, he's Red Hulk. <laughs> Let's take That's our first call. Worse? Hey, JJ Go, this is Mike calling in from Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, calling in with a momentous occasion. And honestly, this happened a couple hours ago, but um, I kept getting a busy tone when I called in, which was kind of weird. Who else was calling in at the exact same time? But anyway, so I'm walking down the road here in Ann Arbor, uh, down in the downtown area, and uh, the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile rolls up right beside me, and the Galway door opens up. And out walks a gentleman dressed as a leprechaun. He uh, walks out of the Wienermobile and walks the opposite direction of the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile as if nothing uh, of the ordinary had happened. Uh, I thought it was really funny. No one else in the street seemed to notice that anything had happened. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Do you think that just a family of costume characters lives inside the window? <laughs> yeah, could be. Maybe there's a just panda. Uncle Wizard. Sure. A slam dunking gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> My first reaction to this was like, oh, that's real. Like, they're really crossing two worlds there. And then I was like, is there, there's nothing to say that, you know, leprechauns don't eat hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's not as. I mean, what do leprechauns eat? What did the leprechaun from Leprechaun eat, I guess? Uh, Jennifer Aniston's original nose. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's the kind of witticisms you can expect from <laughs> Emmy-nominated television yep. writer Dan McCoy, host and, of The Flophouse. That and dildo jokes about English people with amusing names. So let's listen to another call. Hey, Max Rotten. This is Jake from California, and today is Patriot Day. I just finished getting some free dental work from the Army Reserves, thanks to my status as an uninsured American, which was pretty terrific. And it came right in the middle of where it needed to be and some previous dental treatment stuff that uh, was getting expensive, so that's like winning the lottery. The sergeant who checked me in to the whole deal was the spitting image of Mr. Jesse Thorne. And I told him so. He's going to look into this. I told a friend, you guys. Bye. I can only presume that the sergeant was famous for being handsome. <laughs> yeah. And that's why he called this in, and it doesn't violate my rule. Sure. You know there's those, those famous handsome sergeants. Well, that's yeah. one, of the, it's one of the requirements for becoming sergeant. Yeah. You don't make it past private unless you got a, you know, a certain, certain jawline. I do like people telling a friend. Yeah. I'm disappointed anytime anyone doesn't tell a friend. Sometimes people will tell me about how Jordan Jesse Go is their own special secret thing. Fuck that noise. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, Dan? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, there's no reason to be, like, hipsterish about it. Sure. Like, I mean, the show it's, will it's get... It's never going to be huge enough that you're going <laughs> to... I guess they're worried that we'll sell out to, like, Big Tobacco or something. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 
Or it's going to be like Vampire Weekend where they were like really excited the first time they heard it and then it's like, oh, it's on Saturday Night Live now. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, help us sell out. That's our goal. Yeah, that's our I whole thing. I want to get shitty in corporate. <laughs> yes. I want to get fat off corporate money. Yeah. Look, if you need something that's out there struggling, mm-hmm. that's out there barely getting by, that's, that's out there just eking its way from week to week, barely getting an episode out, I really want to sincerely recommend Dan's podcast. <laughs> you guys only put out podcasts on seven inches, right? Yeah. We actually do it on uh, old floppy disks. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's just transcripts. It's so you put actual... it into your Amiga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, uh, no, we, we better they're... sound processing capabilities. Very nice sound processing. They're on cassettes, but not cassettes you can listen to. Cassettes you have to put into a TRS-80. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then Liza will read it to you. <laughs> your whole thing is Tandy only. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the only platform that you're open to. Mm-hmm. Hardcore. Parade Magazine. I know. <laughs> this guy over here is in Parade Magazine. You know, earlier on, Jordan, did you know that when Dan said that they were in Parade Magazine, he wasn't joking that they were in Parade Magazine? Yeah, I did know that. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a um, rabid Flophouse listener. Where's our Parade Magazine feature? Yeah. Yeah, hey, out there, if you know somebody who works at Parade, hip them to the show. It doesn't just have to be Parade. I'll take Parade. Reader's Digest. Red Book. Ladies Home Journal. Sure. <laughs> Wasn't someone supposed Fast to be Masters. writing an article about us in Ladies Home Journal at one point? Or was it Red Book? I, I don't know. They, a woman both of contacted those. Both me of those. and told me that she was going to put, that she worked for Ladies Home Journal or Red Book. I can't remember which. And she was going to put something about Jordan Jesse going there. I would ask you ask what the peg would be for Red Book, but the, I feel like the, like the peg for us for Parade was. For summer podcasts to listen to, so there doesn't really need to be an yeah. excuse. Yeah, as long as one of them isn't WTF. No offense to our friend Mark Marin. <laughs> as long as as long as the peg isn't WTF, King of Podcasts. Guess what? There's other podcasts too. <laughs> Tired of Mark getting press. Yeah, God bless him. He's a good guy. <laughs> He's done nothing but good for me. <laughs> I like Mark Marin a lot. I'm just. He's jealous of the press he gets. Sure, it's so great. much press. He's got that personal narrative. Yeah. How about this? Here's our personal narrative. We worked really hard on our podcast for a really long time. <laughs> now it's good. I can uh, develop a drug habit, and then like come back from it. Fucking perfect. How long do I have to be on drugs before me coming back from it as a story? Depends on like, like a weekend. A, yeah, like a really <laughs> just fucking nuts weekend. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think if you can get a famous burnout to accompany you on the weekend, like if your weekend is you and it has to be a pretty serious drug. So if it's crack cocaine and Nick Nolte, mm-hmm. I think you could just do a weekend then a comeback. Dan, can I come with you to some Emmy parties and maybe kind of round up, uh, you know, yeah, my drug buddy? Yeah, get some, uh, I don't know, Quaaludes? Is that what? People are still doing quite yeah, yeah. a lot of ludes. The aforementioned Tim Allen. I can do ludes with Tim Allen for a weekend. Just do some ludes with Tim Allen and do something with Kelsey and Grammer record, and a Puma. And record a Toy Story 4 <laughs> soundtrack. Yeah. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Dan McCoy, about to be an ex guest. An ex guest? 
Dan. Former guest. A former, a former and future guest. Thank you. Dan, I hope that every time you're here in Los Angeles, you'll stop by Jordan Jesse Go for a fun chat with your old friends Jesse and Jordan. <laughs> there was a tone in there that made me think maybe I shouldn't take that entirely seriously, but thank you. Yeah, you re- you said that like you said the uh, location of our Podfest show. <laughs> <laughs> and the narration of that e-cigarettes Yes, exactly. Yeah, there's a... <laughs> I had a great time. I appreciate it. Yeah. I thought when I went to Archer, there was a chance that while I was touring, they would just be like, hey, you know, we happen to have a couple sides lying around for waiter number three. Would you, Jesse Thorne, Hop like- in the booth. Yeah. Nothing. Mm. Not one. And in fact, the kind young man who invited me there had suggested it was possible that while he didn't work in the illustration department- Maybe they would want to take some reference photos of me in case they wanted to involve me in a future episode as a background character or something. No such luck. Oh, boy. No such luck. We did eat some pretty good barbecue, though. That's good. They have, in Atlanta, they have both sweet sauce and vinegar sauce. Mm. So I went half and half. I went half and half. Sauce choices. They go both ways. Yeah. Absolutely. But look, if you're out there, you have your own television program, you you want us to do voices for it? (laughs) Yeah, of course we will. Yeah. Right. People, yeah. I mean, we won't say no unless it's like, you know, a racist show. You know what? I'll do a racist show. <laughs> depends I'm changing how, my mind. Wait, well, it depends how virulently racist. <laughs> wait, what racist show is there out there that you're thinking of? Like Dads? Yeah, I mean, Dads. I don't know what, I'll okay. be on Dads. Hey, Seth MacFarlane, put me on Dads. All right. Would you be, you wouldn't want to be the racist, would you want to be the willing to be the racist character on a racist show? Um, or would you just want to perpetuate racism by your lack of objection to the racism? Uh, I don't know. Let me ask my friend, <laughs> Vladimir. Yes, I'll be a racist character. <laughs> I don't know. Vladimir seems like a pretty nice guy. He's know. great. No, no, I am not racist. My existence is racist. Oh. I love old people. Okay. But I am cartoon. All you really know about me is borscht. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have fun. We have a lot of fun. Seriously, though, put me on television. Yeah, me too. That's that can be our parade magazine. I don't need parade magazine if I get to be on Archer. You're fine with that. I mean, how will that help our podcast numbers? We're going to play ourselves. The narrative arc is... Archer comes on Jordan, Jesse, go. <laughs> yeah. 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 People will get that, I think. Yeah. What if we... How about this? Like, Archer is performing a show at Largo or something, and he comes on to plug it? <laughs> what if we just got John Benjamin to come on? Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, that's not outside the realm of possible. I got John sure. Benjamin's email sure. address. He lives in New York, but I'm sure he's out here sometimes. Of course. So we get John Benjamin to come out, and then we just hire... The production company to animate it. Mm. People won't know the difference. People As just think an, this is an episode of Archer. Yeah, a bad episode of Archer. Uh, well, a relatively non-action-packed episode sure. of Archer. I don't know if it'll be bad. It'll still be pretty hilarious. Yeah, and I mean, it won't have the full variety of characters of Archer. You know, Aisha Tyler. She's on Archer. She's coming up on our program in a few weeks. There you go. We get Aisha in here, we record an episode, then at the end we tell her we're animating it to look like an episode of Archer. So you're saying we should make this episode of Archer like they made all those new Arrested Developments. Just piecemeal. (laughs) Wait, by tricking people. By tricking people, yes. 
ours are, deceit. Our, ours are going <laughs> to have none of the people from Arrested Development knew what they were doing. No, ours are going to have jokes and have a sort of a through line, mm-hmm. like a coherent through line. But in in every other way, there'll be like shows sure. Arrested Developments. I think. Yeah. So a what? nice sour note to go out on. <laughs> Uh, a lot of amazing people involved in Arrested Development, and I apologize to those people. Um, Dan, it's really been a joy to have you on the program. Thank you. I've I've dreamed of this actually, so it's nice to be here. What was what happened? Literal in, dream. In the dream. Uh, I'll show you after we're off the air. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he gets Woo! it. He knows what's up. Sure. JJ Go at MaximumFun.org or 206-984-4FUN. Hey, how about this is the week where you tell a freaking friend, yeah. post about our show on Facebook, whatever. And and also, our 300th episode is coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Fernandez is going to be putting together uh, a favorite um, uh, favorite moments montage show, just like our 200th episode. So tell us what your favorite moments from episodes 200 to 300 are. Email them to jjgo at maximumfun.org. Pull a couple from this show. Pull a couple from this show. Absolutely. Include time codes if you can. Sure. I think generally shorter is better. Yeah. Um, I'll and- let me nominate uh, <laughs> Binti Dick Come a Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we and- auto tune that, Dan? Are you fine? <laughs> sure. Okay. Email those to jjgo at maximumfun.org. Um, and, you know, as long as your name's on your email, we will thank everyone on the program who suggested something with a timestamp. Um, I'm really excited about looking back on the last 100 episodes. And you know what? Looking forward to the next 100 episodes, Stan. <laughs> that sounded a little more sincere. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. Sunny D on the boards, our theme music, Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. I think we should say, yeah. before we go out, too, listen to the fucking Flophouse. It's hilarious. The Flophouse is a the, great Dan's podcast. Dan's a modest guy and probably I'll, was not plugging it as hard as he should. I'll tell you what. When I was listening to our friend Al Madrigal's podcast, mm-hmm. um, which has gone from weekly to blue moonly, uh, <laughs> the minivan men. Uh, He's got a lot on his plate, that guy. He does. He does. He's got a, a lot of stuff going on. And I found out that the Flophouse had joined Al's podcast network, I was jealous because I was I had been thinking, oh, I should invite the pod the Flophouse to join my podcast network. Oh. <laughs> but That's very nice. You know, they it's made a, a call. It's I made a call. They bet on a they bet on a pony. Yeah. Well we bet on a pony not knowing that we had any options, <laughs> to be fair. But uh You just saw the nice one, you saw hear. the one pony. Yeah. That was a anyway, good pony. It's a fucking hilarious show. Can it's, we all just agree on one thing? Ones. Fuck Al Madrigal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, just kidding. Al Madrigal's the best. Okay. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.